start you off. When uh, Dad asked me if I would be willing to share, he uh, caught me at a really good moment. Um, right after we'd had this cool experience with the Lord, and I was telling him about everything that had happened, uh, he said, so I don't have somebody to speak. You know, last resort right here. Um, thanks, Dad. But he said, you know, would you be willing to share? And I said, absolutely, I would. I will do that. Yes. I'll be used by Jesus that Sunday. And um, completely forgot that I have a crippling fear of stage fright. And um, just standing up here makes me feel like I'm going to vomit and pass out at the same time. So we're ready today. (laughs) But in thinking about sharing with you, you know, these little thoughts and uh, ideas began going through my mind, and um, I kind of built this plan of the things that I wanted to share with you. Looked up some scriptures, you know, dabbled in the Greeks, made sure that I grabbed my Bible that has, you know, rough edges, so you know that I use it a lot. Um, (laughs) Made sure that I was really ready for today. Um, And I had a few people check in with me and say, hey, Allison, how's it going? And I said, well, to Adam, I said, honestly, I, I don't want to share because I'm scared I'm going to throw up and pass out. And he said, well, you know, if people didn't do something just because they were scared, people probably never would have made it out of Egypt. So you probably should, not that, you know, we're leaving the country or anything, but I said, okay, okay. And then somebody else checked in with me and said, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I feel like I have all these pieces, but I'm missing the point, or I've got the point, and I'm missing the pieces. Something's not right. Um, And in the days that followed, I realized quite how true those statements were and how wrong I was, because the message that I wanted to share with you was something that I drew up in my brain but didn't allow the Lord to perfect in my heart. And so I got a whooping this week. For lack of a better term, I did. Because I thought that I had something to bring. And I'm realizing that I don't. And so here I am to share with you today in all of its glory. Just kidding. But I'm going to share with you like we're family, because we are, and talk to you from a place of where I am and where I feel like the Lord wants me to to go. Okay? Ready for that? Can handle that? Okay. All right. If I pass out and throw up, it's just just nerve. That's all. Thank you. Dust me off. Yeah. Even this morning, nothing went the way that I'm I'm a very uh, scheduled and calculated person, and nothing went the way that it was supposed to. And I'm learning that that doesn't really matter at all. Doesn't matter how I feel about things. Doesn't matter what I can see. But if the Lord says something, we do it. Okay? So, starting off in Acts 4, okay? Peter and John. In Acts 3, um, that's the story of, of where they went to, to pray in the temple. Um, or they were there at the time of prayer, and they prayed over the man that hadn't been able to walk since birth. 
and the Lord touched him and healed him. Um, I'm just going to start reading right here. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they were that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as, and I don't really know how to pronounce anything here, um, <laughs> as, <laughs> and as the high priest, thank you, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. All those verses really stuck out to me, especially that verse, um, verse 13. So just to lay out what happened here, they prayed for the man who had been crippled since birth, and he was healed. They were sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And shocker, once again, Sadducees got upset. I mean, they already killed Jesus. They thought they were over this business. And then Peter and John won't be quiet. It says that they were even greatly disturbed that they taught. But 5,000 people were saved as a result of that incident. So, what else can you do but arrest the guys? I mean, they arrested them, they placed them in custody, and the next morning, Peter and John were presented to their rulers, elders, and scribes. They asked Peter and John, by what power have you done this? And Peter, who was then filled with the Holy Spirit, addressed them and defended their actions. He says, look, what we've done is a good deed. That's all we did. And we did it in the name of Jesus. This person that you rejected, that you killed, he is now the very cornerstone and the foundation of what we're doing. But my favorite part of this whole thing, and it probably should be the 5,000 people that were saved, because... <laughs> 
That's the amazing thing. But the part that sticks out to me is verse 13 that says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Has the thought ever occurred to you that the very reason that you're unqualified for something is the reason that God can use you? We spend so much time trying to rid ourselves of weaknesses, of pain, but that might be the very reason that God can use us. Or the fact that I really don't prefer speaking in front of people means that I'm not grabbing a mic every time somebody, you know, puts one down. Um, We're so focused on getting rid of those weaknesses that we miss the point that God can, can work through us even when we're not qualified at all. And I got to thinking, you know, obviously I would love for at some point of my life, um, I would love the idea that I could get up without getting extremely nervous beforehand. But if that never happens, and even when I'm 97 years old and somebody asked me to speak and I get nervous, is that going to stop me from sharing what God wants me to share? Like, it's not good enough for me to just hope to be healed from that. I have to obey anyway. Um, Because you haven't heard enough scripture today, I'm going to flip over to Jeremiah and just share something else that... um, that spoke to me. I mean, first, uh, the first book of Jeremiah, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth or I get really nervous and feel like I want to pass out. But the Lord said to me, Do not say you feel like you're going to pass out or that you're just a kid. For now you should go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I'm going to skip down just a little bit. It says, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. And I'm going to share all of this with you today, um, just kind of looking at things from the precedent that we all want to see God's kingdom come to earth, okay? I think, I think we're all in agreement there. We want to see revival. We want to see the Lord heal our land. But what I want to share with you today, after my whoopings of this week, is that Let the revival begin in your own heart. If you're reaching out to pray over others, if you want to see people healed, and I know that we do, let that first begin as a place in your heart. In that verse of, in verse four, not verse, chapter four of Acts, um, it says that they knew they were untrained. They didn't know what they were doing, but they had been with Jesus. Because of the miracles that they saw and the 5,000 that came, they knew that they had been with Jesus. That's what I want to be said of my life, not that I 
had everything figured out and that my message was perfect, but that I had walked with the Lord. That's what I want people to say about me. And even, even more than that, um, I want it to be really easy for God to use me. Like, I don't want him to have to set a bush on fire and send plagues or wake me up for nights on end with a dream. I want it to be really easy. And that comes from knowing who God is, learning about him, studying him, and allowing him to start that revival inside of you. Skipping over to Jeremiah 20. You don't have to follow me, but that's where I'm going. Um, verse 9. Well, Jeremiah's ministry was, wasn't really a popular one. A lot of people really didn't like him for the stuff that he said. Um, and he even talks about not wanting to mention the name of Jesus, being so sick and, and tired of having to share what he had to share. But he says in verse 9, his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding it back. I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All of my acquaintances watched for my stumbling, saying perhaps he can be induced, that we will prevail against him and we will take our revenge. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore my persecutors stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. The Lord says that he will, he will be with him, even in the, the words that he's giving him to share. They were hard, things that he didn't want to say. But that the word was in his heart like a burning fire. Like we pray and we want God to show up for his kingdom to come, we want to see people healed. But it is, is his word inside us like a burning fire? Because you can't help but share that. You can't. And it's not anything that you can do even to get to that place other than knowing who God is. And I, I fear that we spend so much time focused on who God is for us. Like, the song, and I'm not knocking the song because these things are important, but like the song that says, I am who you say I am. I'm chosen, I'm not forgotten. And all those things are really good and they stir us up on the inside and they make us feel awesome, okay? But we're supposed to reflect Jesus to the world, to multiply that presence. That's the purpose of our existence, to, to worship and praise God, to fellowship with him. If we're so focused at, on ourselves, we can't reflect him. If we spend so much time looking in a mirror, trying to figure out who we are, then we're not reflecting the life of Christ. So instead of going to him, not that these things are bad, but just making sure that your priorities are aligned. Um, instead of going to him and asking, you know, God, heal me here. Um, fix this, do this. Not that he doesn't do those things, but how much time are you spending asking God who he is and how you can serve him? Because that's really what I missed about this service was that I didn't ask him if he had anything that he would like to say. I just 
decided that I was going to share something that meant something to me. And, and it didn't even really matter because he hadn't messed me up with it, you know? So I want to give God the chance to settle into my heart. And that comes from spending that, that time with him and reflecting him. Because this message that we have to give people, this hope of glory, this all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord, um, it's, it's so much deeper than getting saved and ju- just saying this little Jesus come into my heart thing. What we're offering people is in the Greek they call it sozo. And I don't I don't know if you know exactly what that word translates to, but I wrote it down because I wanted to remember. It's so deep and it it really just knocked me silly. It means to save or to be saved. It means whole, it means healed. It's to preserve and to be made well. So when we're offering that good news of Jesus to people, like we have to understand the weightiness of that. And I don't want to know how special I am to Jesus apart from knowing what it costs for him to die for me. Why he came to this earth. I want to know, this is a really hard thing to say, but like, I want to know how painful that was because there I can draw my identity because I meant enough to you for you to die and for you meant enough to God for him to die. And and I want to share that with everybody. I don't want to walk around thinking that I've got it figured out all the time because I really, I really don't. I want people to look at me and not go, wow, that was the most perfect thing you could have ever said. Um, I want people to look at me and know that I walked with Jesus. That's it. That's it. Um, And in that, when we find ourselves on fire for the Lord with his words shut up in our bones, burned and etched across our heart. That's where that revival comes from. I think we're always looking for this massive move where somebody comes in and they do this amazing service and everybody gets pumped up. Um, And we get really excited and that stuff is fun. But I want his revival to start in my heart because I want to see his name be made great and multiplied, not because I shared something that was perfect because I'm probably going to mess that up anyway. <laughs> I, um, this is probably like the most millennial part of this message that I'm going to share today. But I follow this guy on Instagram that <laughs> he's this doctor, and he doesn't know Jesus, but he posts a lot of like holistic medicine stuff, and it's pretty interesting to me. Um, but he's currently on vacation in Bali, and he, this morning he posted these little, they're like these bowls all around the city in Bali of flowers and foods. And they like burn incense on top of them. And he was commenting about how um, interesting, and I don't know re- what religion it is, but um, that, that the people of Bali in offering to their Lord place these little 
bowls on the ground all over the city as like sacrifice and praise and offering to their gods. And I thought, man, if we're supposed to live our lives as holy and living sacrifices, that's, that's what we're supposed to be in our city. Are these bowls and, and vessels, and there we go, connecting those things, um, <laughs> vessels to the Lord all around our city and everywhere we go. But that comes from being filled with who he is, not filled with these ideas of what we're supposed to say. I just feel like we're spending so much time singing, you know, I am who you say I am, and not enough, like, you're alpha and omega. Beginning and the end, regardless of what happens to me or how blessed I feel, you're still good, and you're still God. And if I, if I don't feel goodness at the moment, you're still God. You're still God. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to praise you, regardless of everything else going on. And you know those, like those hurts and the pains that we feel on the inside? You can trade that stuff. Like what mom was saying or singing today about like, I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my sickness, and I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We really can put those things down and not pick them back up. Really can. You don't have to. Like when we get saved, we're healed, we're made whole, we're well, and you can put them down. And that is the amazing miracle of the gospel. It's simple. It is so simple. And it doesn't have to be this complex thing. Because even if I spent 10 years in ministry school and like I knew every verse in the Bible, I've read the whole thing. I'm really confessing a whole lot of stuff today. Um, even if I knew everything, I could still totally miss it because his words weren't burned on my heart and shut up in my bones. Like something that I had to get out. I could miss the point of everything. I don't want to do that. I really don't. It's so simple. It's just walking with the Lord. I don't really know the whole direction that I'm taking this other than just sharing all this stuff that happened to me this week. We... He's really growing and stretching me because I like to have all things figured out. I do. It's really big weakness of mine. Um, but the Lord is stretching me to this place of obedience in him that I don't have to have a, a feeling um, or this audible word, but just simply that my heart is to serve God in whatever that means. We had a really cool opportunity um, when we were in Mexico last week. Um, we were walking around this. We went to an all-inclusive resort for, it was a work thing. Um, but <laughs> we, we went to this all-inclusive resort. It was really nice. And uh, I was with a lot of our friends from back in Oklahoma that they, they came along with us, and um, we were walking with a friend of ours, and I noticed that he was limping. I mean, it was, it was pretty dramatic. It wasn't something slight, and he was hobbling all over the place, and it, there was a lot of walking involved. We were going to dinner, and he's just hobbling, and I said, dude, what is going on with you? What is that? And he said, well, I've got sciatica. It's like going down my back. It just, oh, I just pulled a pinched it. Sciatic. I mean, just telling me all this stuff. And I said, man, buddy, that's, that's really rough. Went into dinner and I thought, you're going to have to pray for this fellow. You're going to have to pray for him. 
try not to think about it too much because I do a really good job of talking my stuff out of stuff. So, went through dinner, we left, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if this guy doesn't walk next to us on the way back to the, to the place, I'm just, it'll be fine. Like, I'll, I'm just, it'll be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to get some rest. It'll be fine. I don't, I don't really need to do this. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't, I don't even really know that, like, God can use my hands to do that. I mean, I know that his word says that he can, but I don't really know. So, of course, you can tell where I'm going with this. We left the restaurant, and this fellow was walking right beside me. I was like, okay, Jesus. Um, okay, 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 okay. Refocus. Like, instead of going, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to go, okay, Jesus, show me how much you love him. Show me how much you love him. That is really, and allowed my brain to just shift and go, God, show me how much you love this person. And it really started to bother me that he was hobbling around. I mean, and I'm talking about really hobbling. He was, he's not old enough for that business. Um, not that that's an excuse either, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. He was just, so I said, come here, buddy. Turn around. Let me see your hands. He looked, I mean, we were around a whole bunch of people. He was like, what, what are you doing? I said, listen, I'm just going to pray for you for a second. Like, I'm going to pray for your back, okay? I mean, didn't ask him, really, because uh, I didn't need that other out because I was giving myself enough of those. Prayed for him, and all I did was say something simple like, Lord, thank you for how much you love this guy. Use his name. Body be healed, pain be gone. I said, all right, how you feel, buddy? He's like, you know, it feels a little bit better. It's just like I'm tired. It's that sciatica. It feels a little bit better, but, you know, I'm okay. And I was like, well, it's not really good enough, so let's pray again. I called Adam over, and somebody in the background went, what are y'all doing over there? That's really freaking me out. It's like, be quiet. We're praying. Shh, got to get spiritual. <laughs> He's, they were goofing off in the background. We laid hands on him again, and we prayed for him. And he said, you know, it feels a lot better feels a lot better. I'm tired. He'd just gotten off the plane. I need some rest. And I said, yeah, you probably just need some rest. Awesome. Sent him on his way. And um, then in my heart, I heard this, mm-mm, mm-mm, editorializing a little bit. But I heard, <laughs> I heard this, he needs to know that it was me, not that it was rest. So we went back to our rooms and uh, Adam said, man, I'm really glad that you initiated praying for this guy. He said, because I went to the, this is, sorry. He went to the restroom and the thought went through his head, man, I ought to pray for James. I'm going to have to sit him down and look at the length of his legs and pray for him. And I said, you know, the thought occurred to me too, that his legs are really two different lengths, that it wasn't his back, that he just thinks it's sciatica, but it's his legs. And I said, well, we need to get on the phone and call them, which is exactly what you do at 11 p.m. in an all-inclusive resort. So we called his wife. We said, please sit him down. Tell us if his legs are two different lengths. Well, lo and behold, guess what? Buddy's legs were two different. That's why he was hobbling around like that, because he was. So. (laughs) Oh, man. Dad, I hope you listen to this later. Um. So we bolted from our room, ran downstairs, went to his, busted the door open, all that great stuff, sat him down on a little couch. There was an ottoman, stuck his feet on top of it, laid hands on him, prayed the tiniest little prayer ever, prayed for him. Didn't even know which leg was hurting because didn't think through that part. Still new to this, folks. Um, 
But I felt this little in his, um, in his leg. It was, it was almost like a stretch or a flex. And I said, Jane. Well, just said his name. Anyway, uh, I said, what, what leg is shorter? Which, which one is the short one? Because I didn't know. I only put my hand on one leg. I didn't know. I put my hand on it. And, and he's, he said, well, I think, it's, I think it's like, it's either my right or my left. No kidding. It's either my right or my left. I don't know. So he said, well, stand up. Stand up and tell us. Fella couldn't figure out which leg it was because the Lord healed it. He grew, he grew that thing out. And, and when he was bending over, trying to figure out which hip was higher than the over, higher than the other, he stood up and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, and he just, he just walked around his little room, bending and stretching and bending and stretching. And he said, it, it feels better. It feels better. And we got to share, because I don't really think he'd been exposed to that kind of stuff. Sorry. But <laughs> we don't think he'd been exposed to that kind of thing. I mean, I knew he knew Jesus, but like that whole healing business, that was like he it was a, a different kind of concept. So his wife began opening up about things that were happening with her. And I said, well, buddy, I'm doing that again. Sorry. You, <laughs> you know what God can do, lay hands on her. And there was this really cool, awesome moment that I'm not going to go into detail about everything, but just where God used him. And if I had listened to that whole, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. I don't know. I don't feel anything crazy, then like I never would have been able to see that moment happen. And I don't want to miss the revival of the Lord because I'm so focused on everything else around me and every reason that I'm inadequate instead of going, God, open up my heart, burn your word across it, make it something that is shut up in my bones that I can't, that I can't help but share with other people because your words mean so much more than just an amen on a Sunday service, but it is complete restoration and wholeness. And I don't really have a whole lot else to share other than that, other than allow the Lord to burn those things on your heart because that's what matters. Let go of everything else because ultimately it doesn't matter. And I have a song that I want to play and I just want you to worship with me for a little while before we go back out into our city and offer ourselves as offerings to the Lord that just kind of, I want it to set the tone for this week, for me at least. So can we do that? Okay. Do I need to pray first or can we play this song first? Yes. So let's just take some time, offer ourselves as offerings to the Lord, set the tone for this week, and take the chance to minister to somebody share that light that you have okay i'm good and i'll i'll pray afterwards
Lord, I, I thank you and I praise you for all of the ways that you lead us. And God, we offer ourselves to you at the start of this week as offerings. Those that bring your light to this world. Lord, I ask that you would burn your word and your love upon our hearts. Shut it up in our bones that we, we can no longer be silent, that we can't help but share regardless of our qualifications and because of the ways that we're unqualified. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you for all that you're doing in us and in me. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.